Hey, how you guys doing? Welcome to part two of what we missed in wrestling for 1989, Halloween Havoc. We've gotten to the watch-along portion of the show and the last uh, couple of matches on the card. Our watch-along tonight is going to be Doom versus the Steiner Brothers. Uh, we picked this match because it's clearly the best match on the card, but also um, we're just going to be a, a, just a mutual admiration society for um, woman. Uh, we're not going to... Nancy, we won't use that other person's last name um, because it's just not worth it. Uh, we were huge fans then, huge fans now, uh, just uh, just absolutely. So we're going to get to it right off the bat here. If you'll load up your uh, Peacock to one minute, or there's one hour and 54 seconds. Is that what you said, brother? One hour, 11 minutes and Sorry. 54 seconds. Oh, I can't get that one right. One hour, 11 minutes, and 54 seconds. So we'll allow you to uh, grab your cock, peacock rather, and uh, you know get to that point. We'll do a little three, two, one contact. We uh, cut down a little bit on the intro because this intro takes a little bit of time for both teams. But yeah, we're going to get right to it because the match doesn't actually last that long, as you wouldn't think because it's heavy hitting. So three, two, one, and we're off. And there she is, y'all. Um, it's woman, it's Nancy. I, it's, I swear, we're uh, as much as we're going to talk about this match, we're probably going to dedicate so much time to her. I remember on the magazines, you know, the after mags as they call them now. Um, and you know, where she was Kevin Sullivan's valet, not knowing any of the kayfabe stuff where that was his real life girlfriend, and then eventually his wife, and all of that it was just like, wow, that's a pretty lady in wrestling. And I'm sure I showed that to you. Yeah, and I, I honestly, I don't really remember except from the more like the Nitro era, like mm. a, a few years, fast forward a few years. Like, I don't know that it registered like in this period of time, but right. the thing that just stands out to me is like contrast her to Miss Elizabeth is all over everything else. We've, the other side of the, the other side of the aisle that we've been watching and Miss Elizabeth is completely useless. Yeah. That era of Miss Elizabeth, we've had that conversation. Yeah. But like, is. Yeah, like woman here is great. Absolutely yeah. great. You know, and the backstory here is that, you know, she was a plant in the crowd that uh Kevin Sullivan put there as like a fan of Rick Steiner and you know, he loved her and all of this stuff and then she turned on him and this is what kind of led to this, you know, kind of feud here. But I mean, she's looks amazing here and you know, she's gonna have a long run here. Primarily in WCW. I don't know until her former gets to the WWE that she ever made any appearances over there. And even no. there, she wasn't a on a, a, a talent because I think that sometime after they had had their kid. So yeah, I no, I, I think that was the extent of the spotlight. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah oh. Up to the the WCW acquisition, I don't think she was part of that deal. No. Um, and we get a lot of, you know, this match is you know, as a starting off here. You, it is what you expect. A lot of hard hitting stuff, lots of suplexes, lots of clotheslines, lots of shoulder tackles. I mean, just the German suplex. Yes, yeah, just you know, and a lot of dog barking. Uh, if you're a big fan of Rick Steiner. Um, I mean, again, I f- feel like it's. I feel like it. It bears mention. Like I had forgotten how over Rick Steiner was because yeah. we always think of like Scott as the the biggest part of that tag team and the mm-hmm. Frankensteiner was ridiculous, but geez, Rick Steiner is over in his, yeah. the Steiner line. 
Yes, they they yes. love him, and they love these dudes. And these dudes are gonna—I mean—they're gonna make a brief uh, run into WWF here, not probably too long after this themselves, you know. But when they do come back in the pre-Nitro era and the Nitro era, you know, they have matches with all the great tag teams, the Outsiders, Harlem Heat. Like, I mean, they—they—they mm-hmm. are probably it, it, because Scott went so nuts. <laughs> as the big booty daddy and all that yeah. stuff later, I think people kind of forget that he was in one of the better tag teams of all time. Yeah, because he was just you know he once he hit the gas really hard and turned into whatever version of person that is because he's just like not even like a real person. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, can we talk about how huge Ron Simmons is? Yes, Ron Simmons. Is. <laughs> oh he's my huge. god. Yeah, he's just, like Bush Reed is a big dude, but like yeah. God, Ron Simmons is huge. Yeah. Engulfing him. Uh yeah. Just I mean, you know, Ron Simmons is not that long into his, you know, career. Oh, no. Like, at this point in time. And, you know, yeah. less than a year or two from now, he's gonna be the world champion. Um, yeah, and that was the thing was like they were like Butch Reed was supposed to be the veteran presence to help like him transition or whatever, but God, they this is like like we said in the in part one, like we just had to sit through the free birds versus the dynamic dudes. And yeah. these two teams are on the roster. This yeah, is and, ridiculous. And neither of these two teams are Steiner line coming up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one for you too. On yeah. the apron. And then the barking and the, the yep. Yeah. And they, yeah. there's a, uh, a Frankensteiner. They barely get on camera. It's ridiculous. Yes, they almost miss it. And, and again, at this point, I don't know if, that had been a thing for a long time or you just break it out special. But then, you know, again, he gets so freaking big later on that all the athletic yeah. shit that he did, he could never do because he was yeah. just the size of a barn. So, yeah, this is a great look at her. My God, my God. <laughs> I mean, she played her role as the devil incarnate and the devil incarnate support uh, for a very long time. No, and yeah, and Flair like compared to like back. um like Missy Hyatt, mm. you know, who's great in a way, but does you know has just a different kind of presence, and like yeah. even Sherry, I don't know, Sherry was a thing under, but like she has she has like a she has just like a prowess and a presence yeah. to her that I think is really unique. The quote by Dave Chappelle, Rick James, it's our aura, man. It's something <laughs> about our aura. It's orange. Yeah. So it just, I, I, I mean, uh, yeah. It, and then when she does come back, like, I think she comes back with Flair at some point in time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, as a part of his group. And then at, at some point in time, she's with Flair and Elizabeth, uh, when she comes back there as well. You know, and all the craziness started to happen. You know, her real life yeah. relationship turned into a real life relationship, you know, from the TV show. Yeah, and and, you know. and and as we've discussed, like WCW Elizabeth is different than the, just the prom queen Elizabeth, who was completely worthless yeah. in WWF. But yeah. still, not a patch on, not a patch on on Nancy. No, no, not at all. Oh, you blocked it. Look at this. Come on, man. It's, it's insane. And again, you have to understand how strong he is. Yes, he's getting support, but. There's a there's one sequence in here where like I don't know if we I think we might have already missed it but like uh Rick throws 
one of them to the ropes and it's it's like they don't want to go and it's like yeah. oh no you're going to the oh ropes. you're going through <laughs> if you listen to yeah. any of it's them, just right? it's just crazy to me like rick steiner was always like the sidekick yeah. or the second member of the team and just just to see how good he was on rewatch mm. just that this has also been enlightening for me. I was yeah. never, I was always a fan. I was going to say never not a fan, but I was, mm. I, I was always a fan, but you just, you, you didn't put him at the echelon of like, you know, it's not like he was going to run for the title or whatever, but like he is so good. And yeah. he was just the strength of a lot of stuff that was going on. Well, was they did clown show him, but it kind of yeah. worked, you know, for yeah. what he was, you know, whatever. And I think I heard on a Cordette podcast or something that, or either it was a rumor, or it was something that they had talked about, about, you know, him, uh, going against Flair at some point in time as being like the top baby face there. And either Flair squashed it or it just didn't happen or something to that effect. And, you know, that would have worked. He would have never won. Yeah. You know, they would have never hit the belt on him, but you know, like him having like a baby face run against Ric Flair. You know, I mean, the, Flair had a run with Ricky Morton. Yeah, and I mean, Ricky yeah. Morton was never going to win a title. That's for sure. And he got and he got over. I mean, not that he wasn't over yeah. already, but he got over in a point where you're like, hey, he could maybe win a singles match or whatever here against Rick Flair. Yeah. You know, that's just, I mean, that's Flair. No, that's just Rick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I thought I I knew they were. I thought Scotty was programmed for the title, but I don't. I never heard that about Rick. But I mean, yeah, it would have worked. They could have, they could have got some, they could have got matches out of that. Absolutely. Because you could, you could fuck him so easily. Yeah. Because he was played as a simpleton. Right. So he could dominate an entire match and then you could fuck him. I mean, Mm -hmm. it would have totally worked. You could have got, you could have brand that for a long time. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Nancy's ending is I, I, again. I I'm not one of these people. I, mean, I know I'm kind of purposely not saying his name for a, a reason, and I guess, but like it, it, <laughs> the, the ending of that story is just insane. You know, we've seen the dark side of the ring. You know, read articles and heard things and what. I mean, it's just it's it's literally unbelievable. Like you can't believe like something like yeah. that actually happened. I mean, real I, so in a variety of ways, I've been, I've been thinking about it, a couple of topics in terms of like what I know and what I believe. And, and this is one that I think fits right in the middle there. Like I want to believe that the head injuries and the brain trauma made right. all these things that don't make any sense, put them in perspective, right. but that's no, that's no salve on the fact that it's completely senseless and that mm-hmm. the world is worse off without either of them. Right. Either, not any of them. I mean, like not even say just the two of them, their child as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know, but I'd like to believe that, you know, the stuff mm-hmm. that they've all put them through is that was just another aspect of this, but it's just awful. Right. And I think I made the insult of like, at one point in time when we were younger, and I was like, oh, you know, like women's like dating cute, you know, I was wrong. Like, that's not it. Like, she's definitely not like Ohio cute. Like, oh, no. A pretty woman. You literally. Yeah. Yeah. We're like, oh, okay. I get it now. Like, for whatever reason, I got it then, but I, you know, I, yeah, this is, 
of one of the better valets in terms of her look and then and, and maintaining it essentially her entire run. Yeah, and and not just another copy of it. Like we rattled off a couple of the other, you know, mm-hmm. Missy High at the Walking Riot. Mm-hmm. Not, yeah, obviously Elizabeth, Sherry, but not just a copy of any of those, just unique in her own way. And this, that, you know, derived from that Kevin Sullivan creepiness and, mm-hmm. you know, really kind of existed within that, but then transcended it also. And I mean, just like the stare and the presence here, just, it's, it's just crazy because relative to what's going on in the ring, just little things outside, but it adds so much to the whole performance. Yeah. I mean, and that's what, yeah, I was just gonna say, and that's what, you know, that, that extra piece to put, you know, what right now is a nameless mass tag team over. And you take the tag team, you take the mass off and there's so much more there and the whole thing works together that much more. But at this point, it's that little extra piece to get this whole thing over. Uh, against then, a team that at this point have been portrayed as like almost unstoppable. Right. I, it's, I mean, and again, like I said, we're kind of giving like as much to her here as we're giving to this night, you know, and like we got to give it up for butchery. who's an RIP for us as well. Unfortunately, yeah. uh, from 2021, you know, like when you, Listen to Cornette talk about Butch Reed from the early, like, Mid-South days, how he was just, you know, like, such a beast. And, you know, let's be 100% honest. If he were white, he would have been probably the world champion or have received other types of belts. But he's kind of always regulated to, you know, dirty heel, person in a tag team, a tag team champion or whatever, you know. But all the attributes that he has, you know, would be somebody who would wind up being champ. You know, and it's just not going to work in the 70s and 80s. And I think he's like, isn't he like close to 40 at this time? Yeah, he's like, an older yeah. dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his knees and, are like allegedly shot-ish because, you know, he could, you know, that's why he's not a single anymore because he couldn't yeah. go, you know, all the time. But performing at a level above mm-hmm. the Samoan SWAT team, yeah, uh, <laughs> Tommy Rich, the Cuban assassin, the fabulous yeah. three birds. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like. The dynamic dudes. Yes, yeah. all of that. I mean, good grief. And again, you know, you hear a lot of these stories about, man, you know what? WCW wasn't, you know, they were not doing well. They weren't drawn or whatever like that. Why not? The talent that they have on the roster at this point, pretty damn good. And this is, you know, it goes back. Obviously, everything goes back to booking. But you look at the people on this freaking thing, you know, in this ring, you got three Hall of Famers. I'm not sure if Butch Reed yeah, is a Hall but, of Fame. But, he probably is. But it comes down to, like, they were trying to sell wrestling as a sport against the mainstream popularity. They were trying to sell this against oh, okay. the rock and wrestling connection and whatever. And it's mm. just those are two different things. Right. And you can't. They, sh- they should not have tried to get this over on a national level. Mm-hmm. They should not have tried to compete at the same level as the WWE. They could have not overextended themselves and been successful for as long as they wanted on a scale that fit the appetite for wrestling as a sport and been a, a an alternative. But they tried to compete wrestling as a sport on a national level against the mainstream rock and wrestling connection across the, across the country. And it just wasn't going to work. 
for whatever it was that got the WWF to click, they're clearly trying to differentiate themselves against that. And they're differentiating it from the we wrestle and all this stuff. That's not what got the mainstream audience interested. It was fashionable to watch that because it was on MTV and then you could turn it on and watch WrestleMania. This is a different product and it wasn't going to exceed in the same way in the same places as spike pile driver kick out, by the way, it wasn't going to succeed in the same places in the same way. And they, they could have competed alongside of them in a way, but they were never going to overtake what the WWF became. Wow. Yeah. And there's probably a, a parallel to draw there with AEW currently in the sense that yeah. you're trying to present something that is completely opposite of what's going on on the other channel as well, but you're not doing it well. Yeah. <laughs> there may be an appetite for that, but you're taking it to the other extreme. Like, all right, well, they're this. We're going to take it completely on the other side of it. But then, okay, that's fine. People might be open for that, but you'd have to do it well, and they don't do yeah. it well, and that's the problem. Yeah, and I, I do totally believe the idea of we're going to give you a little bit of everything for the 100,000 people that watch or whatever, yeah, or, the, yeah. Yeah, or the million. <laughs> what is it, a million people that watch? Yeah, the million people that watch. We're going to give we're going to give each of you half of what you want at any right. given time. No, yeah. just just another <laughs> sign on the line. Pick an identity and do mm-hmm. another sign on the line. Pick it. Oh, here it comes. Here's this is the Frankensteiner. Frankensteiner. <laughs> yeah, amazing. And how Ridiculous. about with Reed being able to um, sell it? I know. I mean, he's again a 40 some odd year old man at the time. Made this power slam too. That's ooh. great. Oh, ooh, ooh. Yeah, it's just. Yeah, so we're getting to our fuck finish here. Um, where woman is going to load the mask. Of uh, the Doom member here, which is Ron oh, Simmons, in his uh, in his mask. his promo was like, "If I see her, I'm gonna give it to her" or something like that. So he yeah. just did some crotch related thing. I now I thought the black people were proficient with the, the headbutts. Why does he yeah. need a foreign object here? Yeah, yeah, understand. Exactly. Well, also, <laughs> if he headbutts him, why does yeah. he not take the headbutt yeah. too? You just no. yeah, you just took but Three. Well, Three. Yeah. All right. And that's it, y'all. He has uh, up. My goodness, my Steiner's God. nest he plunge on that headbutt though was pretty sweet. Yeah. <laughs> was... And, look at, and that money shot of her right there. Let me tell you. Yeah. You said it. The world definitely a worse place uh, yeah. after all of that. Right. And it's funny because they keep it's it's ironic to me, well not that part of it, but they, they keep they introduce him as women, woman's tag team of doom, which implies that their name is doom. And that's what obviously they're known. About. But it, it was like a, such a, it was kind of a, like a larger name that they settled on. So it's just yeah. funny. And then they unmask it here at some point. After. Yeah. Very shortly after this, yeah. I think. And then they, and they, they have, is this where they both have blonde hair or that was a different team? Uh, well, the natural. So Butch Reed had blonde hair as the natural. Oh, okay. I don't know that Ron Simmons ever had that. He might have had. I can't remember if once he unmasked, he still had blonde hair or not. But Butch Reed had blonde hair as the natural Butch Reed, but that was in WWF, That's to my the, uh, recollection. The, fact, the great stories about was Ron Ron Simmons. You know, people ribbing him or doing anything like that. I was like, I'm unfuckwithable. 
I need it on a T-shirt. So, all right. All right, let's get to the next match, y'all, as we're wrapping up this card. It's match number seven. Is that where we are? Yes. Uh, The Road Warriors, R.I.P. to both, versus the Skyscrapers, uh, Dan Spivey and uh, Sid Vicious. Uh, Sid Justice. Psycho Seed. Yeah. With Paul Uh, Ellering and Teddy Long, respectively. Yeah, both also alive. Um, I do not like the Road Warriors all the selling. Just can't get used to it. It's like the it's like the Midnight's uh being babyfaces. It's just it's a lot of selling. I remember when I was a fan of the Road Warriors and all we ever saw was squash matches. And mm-hmm. I remember I always wanted to see like their big matches. Mm-hmm. It turns out I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, in this year. <laughs> I've probably been most disappointed by our Road Warrior matches than any other matches we've seen, just because like they kind of do have to sell, and the mystique yeah. comes off. Yeah, and, completely. And there's definitely a uh, there's definitely a stretch of this match where Animal explains to Sid Vicious that no, this is what we're doing now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's some fun stuff to watch. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we've seen other, some other, uh, matches where the skyscrapers and, and vicious were over big time. Um, but the skyscrapers are awful and mm-hmm. the road wars having to sell kind of sucks. And, yeah. um, yeah. And they're, selling, they're, they're selling the story that the skyscrapers haven't been beaten or pinned. So when I heard that, I was like, oh, well, this is going to be a DQ finish because they're certainly not going to pin the road warriors. And if they're always selling this story with these dudes, Y'all ain't gonna pin them either. So you're just kind of waiting to get to that point. Um, Dan's might be sucks. I think we've established mm-hmm. that on part one and every other thing we've seen with him. Sid sucks too, but in a different way. Like, he's so awkward, you know? Like, he's like Luger with less athleticism. Yeah. If that could say something. And, you know, he just moves so freaking slowly, poorly. Like everything, so he sucks in a different way. But he can power yeah. and that's over. yeah. Because the match starts with um, animal. I think the animal tries to clothesline Spivey over the rope, and he fucks it up. So he has to knock mm-hmm. him out. And then they talk about like how most people wouldn't take two hits with that, whatever. Dang. Like, mm, okay. yeah. That's, that's, again, it's a lots of Sid no selling in certain bits. A lot Animal gets a great power slam on Sid Vicious. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh no, this is happening. Yeah, <laughs> we're ruining this now. And the, and the Road Warriors are like working the arm, like, you know, like a regular tag team yeah. tagging out. And like, I was like, what is going it on? It doesn't here? work. Like, it, it should just work. be a big old brawl in like half the time that this match takes at like 1139. Should have been like yeah. a seven minute DQ that, you know, kind of go through the match. But yeah. Um, their matches yeah. with the varsity club that we've seen, I think, work better because they mm. were just brawls. Even when, <laughs> pretty sure we saw Rotunda in there too. But he yeah, like, sure. it's just, they were better. This, this is yeah, them having to like be the smaller team against yeah. just an awkward working team. It was awful. Sid hit that kip up though. I was like, oh, <laughs> okay, and a kip like a kip up and a clothesline bit that winds up getting the heat onto uh, what was it? Hawk get the heat. Um, probably, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we wind up getting into the, you know, once the tag, the hot tag is made, we got everybody in the ring. Again, you see the DQ coming a mile away. Teddy Long go, I, they have the key to the city. I didn't even understand why they had this metal key 
And, you know, he hits uh, one of the things, you know, you ring the bell, and that's a big brawl at the end. And, you know, the Road Warriors wind up standing triumphant, but as a DQ dub, not a real dub. It'll be interesting to see as we continue with this where that ends, because I think it's going to end with somebody leaving and nobody getting pinned. Yeah, I think that, yeah, I was just saying the same thing. It's like, oh, well, skyscrapers aren't on this next pay per view. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think, I think Sid is probably the one that goes out or, you know, maybe the rewards went to Japan, something along those lines. But yeah, it's, it's, yeah. All right. We get back to the backstage, uh, for the main event. We get a promo by Sting and Flair and Ole Anderson is back. The Rock Ole Anderson. Yeah. Did you catch that? No, I didn't. But yeah, they ugh. called him the Rock Ole Anderson. Oh, God. Like, uh, good thing you got that <laughs> trademark, Jericho. Yeah, uh, yeah, get send money, uh, Dwayne. Uh, so yeah, so we get the entrance. Flair uh, gets a separate entrance. Thing gets a separate entrance. We get. I think they the all did though. Muda got a separate entrance, and then Terry yeah. Funk did it. They got four separate entrances. Well, yeah, that's weird. And once they're in the ring, they have to drop down the Thunderdome. Uh, trademark, I'm sure. This is awful. Okay. So we, it's uh, not, it's not the blue WWF ring. It's some other it's, discount big ring. It's awful that we, we as WCW NWA fans used to run the hell out of WWF with that terrible ass ring that you could fit Hulk Hogan squares in it. Like it was just, <laughs> and then the rule was that you had to climb out of the ring. It was Sting tried to push Muda through the side. <laughs> yeah, point. I mean, it, it's just it, whatever. And then now, like, oh, it's electrified at the top, and they had some awful freaking sci-fi uh, special effects. But, but it, it, it did catch fire. Did you see that? Yeah, it did. But still, and Muda sprayed the mist on the fire. That was the best part of the match. <laughs> So they have all these, uh, in case you haven't seen it or are watching it, they've got like this, these sticks tied to the side of the allegedly electrified at the top cage. Mm. And it catches it like it comes down and they're like not filming it, but there's clearly some action going on in the corner of the cage has caught fire. Mm. Uh, And Muda goes up and misses it. (laughs) The best. So the match is, you know, kind of a standard thing. You have the baby faces coming out really hot and throwing the heels all over the place. You know, uh, Bruno's kind of letting them do whatever he's going to do as the guest referee. You know, you finally get the heat. And then really the last third of the match is just fucking chaos. I mean, my God, yeah. everything did, that this is, this is get your shit in. Do we talk about the, is, was it the title, the dedicated terminators or what was the, Oh, t- I didn't even for know. the people that could throw in the rope, the throw in the towel. Oh, okay, yeah. So yeah. You weren't allowed to. You actually weren't allowed to submit. It's just the seconds, or the, I guess the thirds in this case, had the authority to throw in the towel. I think they were calling them the dedicated terminators because yeah. they could terminate the match or whatever. Yeah, and again, at this point, I'm sure it was one of those things like, "What we can't beat the champ." Luda's like huge in Japan. Punk is probably like, well, I'm not jobbing. I just jobbed him at Wrestle War. So, you know, you have to get some kind of out about mm. this whole bit, you know. So, in the oh, case, but also you have to have it, they don't have any other stars. So, yeah. they have to sustain this for the next, they, they need a main event for the next pay per view. Yeah. So, it, it, it just gets crazy. I mean, there's two like Tarzan swing bits here. People tie that to the was stage. stupid. 
very stupid. That um, that whole thing was stupid. That, yeah. There was that, you know, Flair works like a heel, even though he's the baby face in this match. Sting gets all of, you know, the stinger stuff that you would expect him to get. Obviously, we get to miss. We get Terry Funk taking a beating and giving one as well. I mean, it's just kind of just a standard match with the people that are involved. You know, the ending comes. Was where, it Terry Funk was in the in the figure four and Sting was splashing him off the top? Was that correct, the sequence? Yeah. That the was awesome. Before, yeah, it was. <laughs> but the spot before that is like he has, you know, he comes off the cage because I thought he looked like he was going to take the Tarzan swing and swing into him in the ring, but he jumps from the cage onto Terry Funk in the ring. Jim yeah. Ross like, hey, 20 feet, my God. And, you know, he goes in, but then, yeah, Flair gets him in the figure four and, you know, Sting splashes off him off the cage twice, you know, while he's in the figure four, which is, was really kind of cool too. And then eventually Gary Hart, uh, is the designated Terminator comes into the ring and throws in the towel. And then that's the end of the match. Yeah. I thought the, the very end where like Ole sucker punched. Gary Hart that made him drop the towel and then like was like the ref look I still have my towel yeah I, I mean yeah. I they they did a good job of not of of having a finish that didn't hurt any of the people in the match right yeah yeah I, I, yeah and I think Bruno got a chance to hit oh yeah you know Muda chopped him and Bruno yeah that's fine yeah I, I, I mean again it seems like I'm telling shit, none of it I wasn't. It was just like, it kind of was what I thought it would be. You would think like, oh, this death, blood, death, you, there's no blood, um, you know, anything like that. And, you know, it, it, as much as like, oh, you're going to run a regular tag team match, this is probably a match where you could have had everybody in the ring. Yeah, the match was overly stuff. gimmick for sure. And yeah. like they they had to like ele- i guess only the top of the cage was electrified yeah. and they had to like go up there a couple times just to like get that in the story mm-hmm. so it was definitely over gimmicked yeah. um yeah they, they could have they could have put a roof on it and had the same match and it would have been fine yeah and and then you could uh, and again this is oh we're different than the other people over there yeah, but this is as gimmicky as the sh- that they did over there. You know, oh, you got bats and fucking plastic shit hanging on and cobwebs off the top of the game. Why? Nobody really cared. You know, you know, Halloween. This is the first Halloween Havoc. I was like, kind of looking at through the archives there. I was like, oh, I don't think I really knew that until I started watching it. You know, and Halloween Havoc really becomes their bigger pay per view. Sarcade, you know, gets kind of flushed off to the side here soon enough. And the biggest pay-per-views for WCW winds up being Halloween Havoc. You know, um, that and like, uh, what the Great American Bash kind of stayed like their bigger ones, you know, even mm-hmm. into the Nitro era, you know, those wind up becoming like their bigger pay-per-views. So, uh, you know, the fact that it started there and, you know, kind of, you know, still went on or whatever. And I, I think I didn't AEW have a Halloween Havoc. Or something like that, like they did, like WCW or WWF. No, WWF still owns that, and they're There's actually one of them. I think has. Yeah, NXT. I think is just about to put on a Halloween Havoc. Um, okay. I don't. They have something. Bash at the beach. There's one of them that's like a WCW. That might be it. AEW have. That, that might w- be it because I'm pretty sure they have. They have I don't think they use the Bash or Starcade, mm-hmm. but I think they own those. Yeah. So. But yeah, overall, not not terrible pay per view. You know, definitely better than the SummerSlam we just watched. 
Uh, that <laughs> not even in dispute. I mean, uh, to me, it goes back to how it's presented. It like it's the the production sucks, yes. but and and Lance Russell, I'm not a fan. No. Um, you know, but but because we've had what Jim Ross and Magnum TA. Mm-hmm. And Jim Ross and somebody else and Jim yeah. Ross. Bob Cottle. Bob Cottle. Oh, no, this wasn't Lance. Sorry, Bob Cottle. Yeah, I don't, not, I hate Bob Cottle. Um, but Jim Ross's presentation of this as a legitimate sporting event, which is not anything dissimilar that he's done, like going back to Mid South, I guess, to me is, is the entire difference in this program because yeah. Tommy Rich and the Cuban assassin might as well be uh, Dino Bravo and, and uh, Ron Garvin, right. but it's just presented as if it matters. Right. And it's built from the commentary to make you care about care it. Care about it. Right. Or at least yeah. Even though those, yeah. Even though each of those four people I just cited kind of suck at this <laughs> point anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. The Cuban assassin was over at one point. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the thing. And, and, um, you know, and not to, not to undercut Jim Ross, like Jim Ross has also, in addition to that general style, also iconic calls, you know, of, of matches primarily in the WWF, um, you know, not to take that away from him, but just the simple thing of treating it like a sporting event completely sets the product apart. Really irrespective of the talent or the production. It's amazing. Again, you look at the roster. How are they struggling? They got good wrestling, but Mm -hmm. they couldn't draw a fly. Yeah. All right. I also wonder, like, the degree to which they're trying to compete here in these markets with, you know, Philly and Chicago, where their baby faces are undermined. Like, if they had concentrated in the Carolinas or Florida or whatever, Atlanta, you know, if if it had been more of a traditional crowds and things like that, I wonder if that would have helped them. But again, I think it's trying to compete yeah. against the WWF in, in, a, in, in WWF the w- territory. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what that ultimately undermines them. Uh, shot clock's telling me I got about I three see minutes here. Oh, you can see I didn't ever could. Sorry. Uh, yeah, so we're um, going to be winding up here. What is our next pay per view? Because we got to be ending the year here soon. So Starcade is December. So I oh summer <laughs> no Survivor oh, Series. Survivor Series. Survivor uh, Series, which is now we get all the hokey combinations of every wrestler and the hokey names of each of the teams. Oh, I'm sure. I don't know this, but I'm counting on that to suck like <laughs> to a degree beyond anything we've the seen. The normal thus far. mocking that we normally yeah, do. I, I don't know that that's true. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm I'm prepared for that to be the worst pay-per-view of this of series. The, yeah, of the series. Yeah. And then I think Starcade closes out because Starcade is December 13th. Yeah. And so it's if all- we're doing this on an annual basis, that mm-hmm. there's not much room for there. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and Starcade used to be a Thanksgiving thing. I was under the impression, but I guess it kept getting pushed. Um, not really sure. All right. So the shot clock starts winding this down. This will wrap this up. We will come back with Survivor Series. That's the one where people come to the ring like every two minutes or some shit. Is that that? No, that's where you have um, oh the teams like five of random person dudes. teams yes. and you have to eliminate oh, everybody. Good God Almighty, Friday. Yeah, because now they do a Survivor Series with men and women. Fun times. Yeah. All right. 
So yeah, so as that's wrapping up, we will get to Survivor Series at some point in time here. Remember, go back and watch part one if you haven't watched part two, and vice versa, fam. Um, you'll be able to find this podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, rate, review, subscribe. There's tons of podcasts out there for y'all to listen to from Brothers Comics, uh, depending upon whatever you're into, whether it be wrestling, whether it be comic books, whether it be the Bengals, whether it be House of the Dragons, which is a podcast that uh, we are going to have to revisit here uh, momentarily. Um, so, yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, so if you're listening on the podcast side, you'll hear the uh, WCW Saturday Night Music starting to play us out. Uh, again, I am the producer of this podcast and I'm signing off. Uh, Magnum DB, go ahead and sign off. See you. Uh, um, you won't realize this, but it'll be shortly and I'll be, have a completely different demeanor. <laughs> An attitude. We'll see everybody on the other side, y'all. Peace. <laughs> Peace.